0: Well, Today, I want to pick up on something that I think we're going to do over the next three weeks. I was very much thinking and praying about uh, the next few weeks, what we'll be doing, and uh, we've uh, had the privilege of being on this little Alpha course. It's been a, just a little small group of us, and one of, the, one of the elements of the Alpha course is the person and the work of the Holy Spirit, and I was thinking, shall we do this as a, as a day? And I was praying about it. And if so, what day should we do it? And as I was praying, I felt God say to me quite clearly, just that whisper in my inner spirit, if you like, bring it to the whole church. Bring it to the whole church. Um, And so that's where we're going to be heading over the the next two or three weeks. Let's go to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, hopefully it'll come up on the screen. Verse 1. In my former book, Theophilus, this is the doctor Luke, who's writing, he's writing a letter to Theophilus. I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach. So that was the book of Luke, until the day he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days, spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with water. The Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, we just welcome you here. The Bible says you're the spirit of truth, and that you reveal Jesus to us and you reveal the Father to us. We just pray today that our hearts and minds, spiritual eyes would be open to see and hear what it is you want to teach us, because we ask it in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Well, I've been uh, living with an illustration all week. <clears throat> Last week, um, I managed to upgrade my handset of my, uh, my phone. Um, I turned it on. Hopefully, there'll be a picture of it. Um, well, it's an equivalent. Um I and turned it on and got it going, and uh, some of it was working. But some of it was not. I couldn't use my phone. In fact, I had to go and knock next door and ask Miles and Hannah if I could borrow mum's phone because I couldn't even get it going. And Hannah had to listen to me politely getting cross with my provider. I did all right, didn't I? Just about, yeah. (laughs) Um, But all week. Um, And then, of course, they said, oh, it looks like we've got to send you a new SIM card. But, of course, I went away, didn't I? So uh, I had a phone that was sort of working, but it it sort of was not. I had to wait. I had to wait until Friday morning. And even then, I had to wait until 8 o'clock on Friday morning. Frustratingly, um, it, it couldn't do what I wanted it to do. And I required outside help. But then finally, when I got it, it fully came to life. It was frustrating because the reality was some of it was working, um, but there was so much more that I knew it could do, but I had to wait. I had to wait. Now, that's just an illustration, and I don't want to push the illustration too far, but it makes me think quite a lot about the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. In my uh, teens, my young teens... Uh, probably from the age of sort of 13, 14, right into my early 20s, I, I knew I was a believer. I knew that Jesus had died for me on the cross. I, I was very thankful I grew up knowing about the death of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus. I knew that my sins were forgiven, but somehow I knew that there was more. And certainly as I got a little bit older into my older teens, as I read some amazing books and biographies by different Christians and different believers who had literally gone to regions beyond, had gone uh, to China and gone to Africa and gone to places, I thought, how do they do that? There's something that some of these people have that I'm just not sure what it is. I knew that there was something more. Now, one of the things I love about going uh, down towards uh, Worthing and Littlehampton in that way is because quite often you have to drive, if you blink, you'll miss it, past the little tiny village called Littlehampton. And in the late 70s, yes, I am that old, but in the late 70s and the early 80s, uh, I attended a Christian youth camp. A young people's camp. We did all sorts of games, most of which you wouldn't be allowed to do now, Simon, unfortunately. But uh, we beat each other up in all sorts of ways. But um, (coughs) one of the best things that ever happened was I met Jackie. So that 1981, (laughs) Charles and Di's wedding that weekend, I met Jackie. But the other thing that happened at that youth camp. We used to sing lots of children's songs, lots of youth songs. Who remembers songs with choruses? Yeah? And, and actions. Yeah? So I went to a church that, you know, how great they were. When we sang how great they were, I mean, we just used to get so excited, but nothing moved. Okay? Nothing moved. But the only time things could move was when you sang, Father Abraham had many sons... Yeah, this is ringing a bell with some of you. Others of you are going, what the? Anyway, okay. So we were allowed to do that, but they were for children. Actions were for children. You only moved parts of your body if you were a child, or if, like me, you could play GC and A7, and you could lead children in worship. Anyway, one day we were we were at this camp and we were singing some children's songs. We were singing, you know, good Christian songs, and at the back a man began to dance. But he wasn't doing the actions. There was something different. I've never seen a man dance in that way. There was something, there was a freedom. There was a joy, there, were, there was something about him that was different. I'd been brought, uh, born into and brought up in church life where we knew quite a lot about God the Father. We knew a great deal about Jesus the Son and his death. But I knew next to nothing about the person and the work of the Holy Spirit, who he is and And what he does. There was something in this man. So I plucked up the courage later on. And uh, I went to talk to him. And ask him what it was. And he began to tell me about the person of the Holy Spirit. And about a freedom and a joy that I didn't really know. And uh, as I was about to leave this camp, he came up to me surreptitiously <laughs> with a brown paper bag. And he gave me a book. He said, I want to give you a book. Take this home and read this. And it was called at 9 o'clock in the morning, Dennis and Rita Bennett. And it was about the person of the Holy Spirit. It was all very secretive. I didn't know what my mum and dad thought, so I hid it under my pillow at home. And as a, as a teenager, I began to read about the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. One of the other challenges, of course, was that in the version of the Bible that I was brought up with as a child and as a teenager, the Holy Spirit was called the Holy Ghost, um, which, quite frankly, all sounded a bit weird and potentially scary. And so for that reason, and quite a lot of, quite a lot of others, a lot of people were, and maybe still are, quite nervous of the Holy Spirit. In fact, the church I grew up in almost actively resisted Him. No, we don't talk about Him. That was something that happened then, back in the Bible. It's not for today. Those things, those miracles, those powers, those wonders, those, that, that, that working in that way, that was then. But what we have now is the Bible. Now, thank God for the Bible, amen? We absolutely believe in the Bible but so there was a resistance don't really want anything to do with him so I grew up not knowing really anything about the Holy Spirit other than that it was this ghost um, Nicky Gumbel in uh, one of his many Alpha stories says, uh, tells a quick story he said, he, he said I heard of one church that was very formal and because of that they were quite nervous of the Holy Spirit and one day there was a, a lady who'd just become a Christian and she would experienced the person and the work of the Holy Spirit, and she was really excited. So, in the middle of this quite formal service, she sort of flung out, "I said, Hallelujah!" The church warden came up to her and he tapped her on the shoulder and he, he said, "Excuse me, madam, you mustn't say that here." And she said, "But I'm so excited! You know, I've received something. I've got religion. I've got this." She said, "Well, you didn't get it here, madam." I know for myself that when I first began to not only know about, but to experience the infilling of the person and the work of the Holy Spirit, it was like my Christian faith went to another level. It wasn't that I wasn't saved. It wasn't that I, I wasn't complete in some ways. But there was, there was a more that I was experiencing. There was a more, and it, and it literally caused my whole body to react. Now, you, those of you who know me well, I'm fairly demonstrative anyway. But it caused my whole body to react. That doesn't mean that all of us have got to start waving our hands about. Please don't hear that. But there was, a, there was an infilling. My understanding of God's love and God's grace, indeed the power of God, went to another level. And I began to realize and understand, Ah, oh, that's how some of these people were able to do what they did. That's why they were able to go to death. That's why, because they knew the indwelling power and presence of God. In a way that up to that point, I hadn't experienced. There was an activation that was deep within me. Something was activated, again, not to push the the mobile phone illustration too far, but power came, activation came, and the full message began to flow within me. So as I said, I want to take the next uh, two or three weeks just to look at the person and the, uh, and the work of the Holy Spirit. And we will use the Alpha material as our basis, but we'll see where we go. And if God leads me on a slightly different track, then we'll, we'll, obviously we want to follow that. But today, really just to tackle this, who's the Holy Spirit? Who's the Holy Spirit? Next week, we'll look particularly at what does he do. And then on the 29th, how can I be filled with him? And some of you already said, oh, it's half term, we're already away. We want, Well, you can be filled today, okay? So God willing, in just a few moments, I want us to, to pray. Each week, we'll pray. Every week, not just the 29th, okay? But we will look at who is the Holy Spirit, what does he do, and how can I be filled with him? So who's the Holy Spirit? Well, he was involved in creation. He's there at the beginning, In the beginning, God, Genesis 1, created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. Holy Spirit is there at the beginning. Also believe that Jesus is there as well. Jesus is described as the Word of God. And the very next verse it says, And God said, let there be light. And in John 1 He's the Word of God. So God, the Father, Son and Holy Spirit are there at creation. The Holy Spirit is right there at the beginning of creation. Hovering, waiting to do something new. Something is to be brought into being. The cosmos is to be created out of creation. Bringing order out of disorder. Harmony out of confusion. Beauty out of deformity. The Holy Spirit brings life. He's the life bringer, brings the life of God. Sometimes the Holy Spirit is described as the midwife at our conversion. We are born of the Spirit as we put our trust in Jesus Christ, as we confess our sin. The Holy Spirit is there at work, midwifing us into new birth. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 3, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. I did put some animations in um, along the way. I don't know if you'll notice them or not. Don't worry, Jack, If not, uh, each page will come up. No one can say Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. So I want to say this, the Holy Spirit is not an added extra. As I started to learn and explore about it, I discovered some people, oh, the Holy Spirit is for the Pentecostals. Holy Spirit is not an added extra. He's the the third person of the Trinity. No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Spirit of God. The Spirit is at work there in our lives. He's there at the beginning, both of creation and our new birth. But then as we go on through the Bible, what happens is that we see, certainly in the Old Testament, the first half of the Bible, we see the Holy Spirit coming on particular people at particular times for particular tasks let's look at a couple of these great example is a man called Bezalel Exodus 31 the lord said to moses i have chosen bezalel son of uri son of hur of the tribe of judah and i have filled him with the spirit of god with skill, ability, knowledge in all kinds of crafts, to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and engage in all kinds of crafts. I have filled him with the Spirit of God. To be artistic. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that glorious? I've filled him to be artistic. The Spirit of God in the, at this point is filling particular people for, for gifts and abilities. You can be a, a talented musician without the Holy Spirit. But the Spirit of God, I believe, brings new dimension to everything. It fills us out. I love it when these guys here, sometimes they just go off-piste, if you like. And they just begin to sing. They just begin to sing to play. I remember back in our 40 days of prayer, Mike was speaking over Steve. There was a rhythm, one of the prayer meetings. Steve just began to play a rhythm. The Spirit of God just coming, releasing creativity. You can see it working down through history. Think of Handel's Messiah, the great Hallelujah Chorus. Did you know Handel had suffered a stroke? in 1741 he had a paralyzed right arm and blurred vision he was not in good health his sight was deteriorating his work had dried up and he was asked to set some bits of bible to music and he composed the whole of the messiah in 24 days speaking of the hallelujah chorus He said, I think I saw heaven open and I saw the very face of God. The Holy Spirit wants to fill us for whatever we do, for everything. It's not just for the Pentecostals, it's not just for Sunday. It's for everything. It could be music or art. It could just be as easily what it is that you're doing in your workplace, in the home, with children, with family, with friends. The Spirit of God wants to fill us with skill and ability and creativity for all that we are doing. Another example is Gideon, comes upon him for leadership. Judges chapter 14. uh, Judges 6, verses 14 15. The Lord turned to Gideon and said, Come on, Gideon, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? But Lord Gideon asked, How can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, it's uh, one of the tribes, and I'm the least of my family. Israel has been overrun by the Midianites. The country's in desperate need. And God calls Gideon to lead Israel. But Gideon says, I'm too weak. I'm too little. I'm too small. I can't possibly. It's an amazing thing. God uses those who feel weak. Who feels weak here today? Inadequate. (laughs) Wonderful. Ill-equipped. He chooses you. chooses me personally. I find this so encouraging. I didn't do... That well at school. I've always said my education began when I left school. But often um, I would look down on myself. Weak, inadequate, ill-equipped. I find these verses so encouraging. God can use every one of us. How does he do it? Verse 34. The Spirit of the Lord came on Gideon. The Spirit of the Lord. Do you feel weak? You feel inadequate? You feel challenged? The Spirit of the Lord came on Gideon. Samson, very famous, Judges 15. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him in power and the ropes on his arms become like charred flax and the bindings drop from his hands. The Spirit of the Lord came on Samson. It's interesting to note that what often happens in the Old Testament is quite physical. There are physical things that are happening. Whereas as we come into the New Testament, there is, a, there is a something that is spiritually at work. Spiritually at work in people. And we'll come back to that, I'm sure, over the days. But just as God's Spirit gave Samson physical strength... To break those bindings that they tried to tie him up with. So the Holy Spirit gives us freedom to break the things that bind us. Some of you will have testimony of that. Personally, I was bound up in this. Habits, addictions, things that have spiritually bound us. And the Holy Spirit comes and brings a release. And brings a freedom. Because he is the Spirit of Jesus. The Holy Spirit came upon Isaiah, one of the prophets, for prophecy. I'm just bouncing through a few of these things. These words are repeated by Jesus. We'll come back to them in just a moment. But Isaiah 61, verse 1. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because he's appointed me to preach good news to the poor. You think, how can I tell my friend? It's by the Spirit. The Spirit will help you. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. What words have I got for my friend who's just distraught and broken? It's by the Spirit. To proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. Hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus, Isaiah is prophesying, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. It's an amazing thing that the Holy Spirit does in our lives. He gives us the ability to help others. To come alongside others. You think sometimes, I don't know what to say. And I don't know if you've ever done this. Oh, Lord, would you help me? And then you find yourself saying things. You think, where did that come from? I just had the right words at the right time. Where did that come from? I believe it came from the Spirit of God. It's not just about having a warm feeling it's about a dynamic transforming difference to our lives and to the world's freedom for captives some of you in this room know that personally for some people they are set free instantly i've met people i've been part had the privilege of sometimes seeing people being set free I remember somebody in my previous church saying, I used to smoke heavily and I received the indwelling presence of the Spirit and I just hated smoking. I no longer wanted to smoke. But then I've met other people who, who, who said, I wanted to give it up, but it was hard work and I had t- it took me days, took me months to do that. God works in different ways with different ones, but there is a, a transforming. There's no doubt that the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit transforms. Don't we long for that? Don't you? I do, continuously. That's the heart, the Spirit of Jesus. He comes to set us free, to release from darkness those who are in prison. The Holy Spirit gives us freedom. And then we can proclaim it to others. We can tell others about it. What a privilege, what a joy to be able to have the courage and the boldness to be able to speak to other people. And that Holy Spirit helps us in that. So, Holy Spirit is there at creation, coming upon particular people, particular times, for particular tasks. But as we go through the Old Testament, there is this anticipation. Something's coming. Something's coming. Something new. It's called the promise of the Father. Listen to these words from Ezekiel 36. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit in you. Let's say that, in you. Come on, in you. I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and carefully keep my Lord's I was talking to someone uh, the other day about how detailed all the rules and laws in the Old Testament are. We often tend to think that health and safety and safeguarding and all of those things is something new. No, it's as old as the Bible. You know, pick up the book of Leviticus, you've got more health and safety than you ever really want. Okay, there's lots of rules, lots and lots of rules. But What Ezekiel is prophesying and pointing forward to is that a day is coming when it will no longer be like a great heavy burden. I've been trying to keep all these rules. I've been trying to keep the rule. And every time I've done these five, but I've dropped those four. Hang on a minute. I'll just start keeping those. Oh no, what about those five? It's a burden. I can't keep the rules. I can't keep them all. And I begin to feel more and more guilty. And I know certainly as a, as a young teenager and in my early 20s, just feeling like constant sense of guilt, condemnation, because I, I couldn't keep all the bulls going. You know, I'd do, I do my quiet time for five days and then I'd miss a day. So the, the seventh day, you know, I've I, I got to do twice as much to keep up. All of those kinds of things. But God says, when my spirit comes upon you when my spirit comes within you it will be different it won't be a great heavy burden any longer but there will be an inner desire there'll be something within you it's no longer that i i feel i must i should those those words but now i have a desire i must know i want to I want, I want to obey, I want to follow, I want to give, I want to serve. Not because I have to, not because the Lord tells me to, but the Spirit has made me alive to the truth of the good news. And I want to walk by faith. It's a daily walk. We'll talk about it again in, in weeks to come. But we daily are being filled. He says he will take away our hearts of stone and give us a heart of flesh. What that really is speaking about is something that's living, vibrant. There's a lady, I think a picture may come up, called Jackie Pullinger. Some of you will have read her book years ago, Chasing the Dragon. She spent her whole life working with heroin addicts, sex workers, Triad gang leaders in Hong Kong, originally in the walled city in Hong Kong before it was, was knocked down, but working in the opium dens and so on. Amazing story to read. She's done many amazing things. Hundreds, thousands of people have been set free by the power of the Lord Jesus and the work of the Holy Spirit in their lives. People coming off of drug addiction by praying in spiritual languages. Praying in the Spirit and being released from the addiction to opium and heroin and so on. She once said this, God wants to give us soft hearts and hard feet. The problem with most of us is that we have hard hearts and soft feet. When the Spirit of God comes, He softens our hearts. He gives us compassion and gives us hard feet. In other words, a willingness to go anywhere. And it's God's power and God's strength that we do that. That's the promise of the Father. It's coming. It's coming. So who will this be given to and how will it happen? Well, God says in Joel, again, another prophet pointing forward, Joel chapter 2, afterwards, I will pour out my spirit on who? All people. Let's say it. Come on. All people. I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters, regardless of gender, will prophesy. They will know God and speak of the things of God. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions, regardless of age. Even on my servants, regardless of rank or race or background or education, both men and women, I will pour out my Spirit in those days. It's for all. It's for all. That's the amazing thing. It's for everyone. So at the start, you've got particular people, particular times, particular tasks. And then you get this promise coming. I'm going to do something new. It's not just for special people in special moments. It's going to be for everyone. Throughout the Old Testament, they're waiting. They're waiting. They're waiting and there are glimpses, there are moments, there are glimpses. Look, the power of God comes, amazingly. I haven't got time to go into all the examples, but there are, there are arrows, if you like, pointing forward. But they're still waiting. And then suddenly, with the birth of Jesus, the whole thing hots up. It's almost like a, a trumpet being sounded Everyone surrounded in the birth of Jesus is filled with the Holy Spirit. So beginning, of course, with Mary, Luke chapter 1, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you, so that the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Then, while she's pregnant, Mary visits Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby in her womb leapt, And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist, Luke chapter 3. I will baptize you with water, but one more powerful than I will come. The thongs or the, if you like, the laces of those sandals I'm not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Baptism, we'll come back to that, but it literally means to drench to overwhelm, to immerse, to plunge. It's like a ship being sunk. Think of one of those old-fashioned sponges. I don't know if you, you imagine them and know them. We tend not to have so many of them these days, but think of an old sponge. It's a bit crusty and a bit hard on the outside. And you initially you put it into water and nothing seems to happen, but it needs to be plunged. It needs to get soaked properly soaked but bit by bit the water softens softens and softens and once it's soft it's it's like it's drenched so much so that if you lift it out the water pours out of it pours out of it that's what happens when we're filled with the holy spirit it's like being baptized drenched filled That which is there within us, I believe. No one can say Jesus is Lord uh, except by the Spirit of God. But there is something that is activated and released. We read the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus in bodily form at his baptism. Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. In Luke 4, it says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, was led by the Spirit out into the desert. And then verse 14, he returned to Galilee in the power of the Holy Spirit. He went into the synagogue and he picks out one of the scrolls to read. And what is it he reads? Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to preach good news to the poor, sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners, recovery of sight to the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of Of the Lord's favor. Then he sat down and said, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. No more waiting. I've come to fulfill scripture. I've come. A gift is coming, it's going to happen. Jesus being glorified, Uh, sorry, I've jumped to verse, John 7, very famous. On the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, will have streams of living water flowing within them. By this he meant the Spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not yet been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. It's going to happen. He's coming. Being glorified meant Jesus being crucified and raised to life. And then it would happen. So they're waiting. Streams of living water. We live in a thirsty world, don't we? We live in an absolutely thirsty world. What do we have to give to people if we don't have these streams of living water? In just a moment, we're going to pray. It may be that some of you say, I want those streams of living water today. I want to be full of them. I feel dry. Maybe you've known it in the past. You say, I want to invite you today. Come and be filled again today. Let's pray for one another. Just to warn you on the front row, we'll put some chairs back in a Not yet, but in a minute. We'll make space to pray For one another. But there's this waiting, waiting. I read it at the beginning. Wait for the gift my Father has promised. John baptized with water. In a few days, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. You'll be able to go and tell others about this. The anticipation is building and building. They're still waiting. When is this promise of the Father going to be fulfilled? It's almost like a champagne bottle that's being shaken up. Anticipation. And then in Acts chapter 2, verse 2, the cork comes off. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled. How many of them? All of them were filled. Began to speak in other tongues, other languages, as the Holy Spirit enabled them. All of them. No longer particular people at particular times. All of them. The reaction when people saw this was interesting. Some were amazed. Some were perplexed, confused. Some people made fun of them, said they're drunk. They're drunk. They've had too much wine. They gave a natural explanation to something that was supernatural. Peter gets up and he says, let me explain to you what's happening. This is the Holy Spirit. This is what was prophesied long before. And he quotes the prophet Joel that we read just now. In those days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. And then, if you go on through that story in Acts chapter 2, he says, it's for you. It's for you. Repent and be baptized, every one of you. One of the things... I love to do is to pray that people would know and experience the infilling of the Holy Spirit. But if I'm not sure, one of the things I have to do, first of all, is say to them, do you know Jesus as your Saviour and your Lord? You see, I can't, I can't pray for you to be filled. Not that there's something special about me, but as I stand with you and we say, God, would you give us this gift? Would you fill us and flood us? I first of all want to say, do you know Jesus as your Saviour and Lord? And when you say yes, then then that gift is available to you, that infilling is available to you. So Peter says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive. You will receive the Holy Spirit. That's where my faith, when I I pray for people to receive and to keep on receiving, that's where my faith is based, there on those verses. You will receive. Different things for different people. We'll come back to that over the next couple of weeks. Some people feel heat. Other people feel nothing. But the promises you will receive. So we step out in that promise. and I've found sometimes with people who said, "I didn't feel anything in that moment. That's absolutely fine, but we believe that you will receive. And then a few days later, that person will say to me, "Do you know what? I was on my own. God met with me. Uh, this happened, that happened. I found myself in this situation, that situation. Different things for different people. but the promise is for you and for your children. and not just for them. So not just uh, those who are the people of God, they're for all who are off, far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. This promise of all things that we've been looking at, it's a promise of life, promise of the knowledge of God, of beauty, for ashes, of creativity, of, of newness, of strength, of freedom, of compassion, of anointing, of wisdom, of healing. It's a promise for you. It's a promise for you. It's a promise for each one of us. It's for all of us. Let's stand. Maybe Hannah and the team can come and help us. Oops. um, Malcolm and uh, Angus could just. I want to make some space. make some room doesn't mean you have to come forward I just want to make space it may be that you just need to sit quietly where you are that that's fine but I just know that God wants to take us forward as a church wants to take us forward as a people if you're a visitor here you're very welcome if you would like to respond, you're happy. You're welcome to. You don't have to. But uh, just simply want to take some moments. One of the things I want to say is, don't be afraid. I know when I was quite young, because I didn't know very much about the Holy Spirit, I was quite fearful I want to tell you firsthand my, my personal experience was the Holy Spirit never made me do anything I didn't want to do the Holy Spirit didn't force me or take me over uh, like you might see in a film, it's not about that it's not that it's about a deep inner feeling, <laughs> it's that well springing up have there been times when I've felt that less yes have there been times when i felt it more for sure but the knowing presence i know that i know some of you know that already want you to be ready to bless others some of you say i'm not sure that i do know that i just want to give you the freedom to as it were you can come and stand or you can just ask the lord where you are but to come stand ashley and i'd love to pray with you others perhaps We'll be very sensitive. We want to make space. I just feel this is a physical action of making space. So even now, I just want to say, Holy Spirit, we welcome you. And If you know the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life, I just want to encourage you to activate, as it were, that, that in your life right now. Just begin to thank God for the Spirit that you know. you, If you can quietly want to pray in tongues, in the spiritual language that the Holy Spirit gives, as we pray back prayers of thanksgiving to the Spirit, to God, by the Spirit, just let's stir ourselves. Let's stir ourselves. Let's stir ourselves in the Spirit. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We welcome you. We welcome you. We thank you that we don't have to do anything other than to say, I believe and I want to receive. That we ask. We ask. We ask. Just begin to ask. You say, Lord, I'm thirsty. I'm hungry. I want to know more of you. I want to be filled with you. I want to know new life. I want to know rebirth. Come and birth something new in us today, Lord.